your number one source for election coverage and analysis. This is Gerard at Large. It is 19 minutes before the hour here on the Gerard at Large radio show, and we continue now with Paul Martineau. He's a candidate for Alderman in Manchester's Ward 2. That's a crowded field. He's one of five seeking the nomination. Uh, or t- seeking the two uh, to be one of the two top yeah. vote getters to go on to the general election um, in November. So, Paul, let's uh, let's talk. What what in your opinion? Uh, well, let's let's do it this way. We just spent the last segment kind of talking about your record yeah. as the welfare commissioner and the things that you did to, in your terms, bring a business like approach yeah. to that office, which has led to a substantial reduction in spending, substantial savings for the taxpayers. Um, really without, uh, and, and probably in many ways, more people getting more help than they otherwise would have because of the way you networked with, yeah. uh, with various uh, state uh, departments and social service agencies. So you get elected uh, as the Alderman Board 2. Um, what lessons do you take from your time as welfare commissioner that you think you can apply to being the Alderman and working with departments to maybe uh, do similar things. Well, I think, you know, as an alderman, and your concern obviously is for your, your constituents in that ward. I mean, you know, somebody, uh, a lot of times they need directions. I'll get a lot of calls at the office and people say, listen, you know, can you help me? And, and what it is, I can basically steer them more or less to say, hey, this is where you should, you know, you should go here. You should, you know, call this person, go see. And you're there to help your constituents and you're there to take care of that ward. Okay. In other words, if things come up. The other so, thing is you're also, you know, the, the city, every on a daily basis, the department heads are running the city, okay? And the thing is, I think a lot of times, if you get somebody come in and, you know, be able to take a look at what they're doing, like let's say the assessor's office in Manchester. I think I can go in there and I can take a look and see, you know, hey, what are, what are they doing? Because I think what happened is uh, they had, uh, they had uh, revaluations now every five years. Right. And I think that uh, one of the things is that uh, the former uh, chairman, uh, Steve Tellier, who passed away, I remember uh, Steve. he had told the alderman, listen, if you can give me a residential appraiser and a commercial appraiser, that we could probably do the revaluations in-house. Well, that hasn't happened, but they did hire two people to do that. So when I was there as an assessor, there was three of us. We used to go out. We used to do the you know, we do the commercial industrial. So there's probably some means there to save some money. Uh, you know, you got to take a look at other departments also. And, you know, being retired, I'll have time to be able to do that, you know. I mean, and plus I'm, I know the department heads. I know the people. And, uh, you know, it's good to sometimes get, the, uh, you know, another outside opinion or look at things, you know. Right. Um, under what circumstances, if any, would you vote to override the city's tax cap? I... Uh, well, let me put it to you this I would way. Not, I would not override the city tax cap for pay increases. Okay. And I think that Yaga Decker needs to be eliminated. And I think that there needs to be a freeze until we come up with a system that, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, fair and reasonable. Well, that's where I was going to go with my question, because there are some people who have come to this microphone and otherwise said that they, of course, support the tax cap because it's the law. But um, they're unwilling to say what circumstances, if any, they would override a vote to override the cap. And I personally don't consider, a, you know, a, a, an ill uh, advised contract that causes your spending to spike an emergency, quote unquote, that right. should require 
the the tax cap. So clearly, you're not going to make friends with any of the labor unions on that. But you're kind of known as a as a labor guy. So how do you how do you reconcile this? Well, no, the thing is, I, I I'm I'm looking at it. You know, there's only so much. You know that we have to operate within our means. Yeah. That's the name of the game. And uh, like I say, you know, trying to override the tax cap. I, I, I this year when we set our budget, okay, the mayor said that there would be no 3% merit increase, there would be no 3% longevity step increase, and there would be no COLA. So I figured, okay, we're going to bite the bullet. And I made my budget accordingly. All of a sudden, what we did is we had the police came in, and they got 3% increase this year, 3% increase next year, and $5 a day for hazardous duty pay. Well, $10 a day. Well, my, <laughs> my feeling is, you know, the money that now is going to be given for these raises should have been, wait a minute, that should have been, say, look, let's keep the police department at their full complement. When people right. retire, let's take the money we've given for raises to keep that department at its full complement. Then the fire came in, they were going to close the fire station. You know, my, and they're going to come back in because they gave them, you know, basically a Band-Aid approach, and they're going to come in again wanting. Yeah. Oh, Gooden's going to so, come looking. And so, you know, this is the thing. I mean, the money that would have been used for that, keep the fire stations open, you know. But now what's happening is everybody else is going to be coming in saying, all right, we want a 3% or whatever, and they're going to have to keep negotiating. And so at some point, you know, uh, they're going to have to start dipping into, you know, the contingency fund or, you know, the rainy day fund or whatever to make up for the – whereas before if they'd have played it, you know, if everybody had kept it the way it was and worked within their budget, you know, we'd be okay. But you might remember – when Mayor Wazorek basically said to the department heads, look, there's no severance. You're going to have to manage uh, you know, the severance payouts in your budgets. And Mayor Gatzis came back basically with the same approach. Is that reasonable? Unreasonable? I mean, you've got well, – the contingency has already been hit Yeah. Uh, for the fire uh, severance. The police now want another quarter of a million dollars. Effectively, if everybody who's come in looking for contingency money right now gets it, you're two months into the fiscal year. Yeah. The contingency account is completely yeah, gone. Right. Well, uh, yeah. uh, when I was in the, the last four years of being an assessor, Mayor Wazurik had, had a freeze for the department heads. We got no raises. Right. And we lived, you know, we went according to that. So, you know, you have to make some tough decisions. And, uh, you know, again, it, uh, it's a case where you, you can't run a deficit. But, you know, the, if, if the budget was, was established and was set at a certain, you know, standard, that's what you work with. You know, so uh, what what do you see, Paul, as some things that um, you would do um, if you're alderman? Are there any particular issues that you want to address? Uh, you know, would you deal differently, say, with the opioid crisis? Um, you know, what would you do about yeah. school? Every every all of a sudden, everybody wants to be on the school board because they're all going to get in there and fix the schools. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, um, well, the thing a is, a lot of problem, complaints about roads. You know, and things that, like that the thing is, problems come up. You know, that you have to deal with. And, uh, you know, some of it you can't foresee. But, uh, you know, the, as an alderman, you want to make sure that the city is, you know, we have, you know, uh, uh, our fire, our police department, our fire department, our first responders, you know, that there's safety in our neighborhoods. And, uh, you know, the, the fact is that they've got a – they're doing quite a bit now with the infrastructure in the city. Every time you try to go down someplace, it's blocked off one road or another. So they're doing a lot of improvements that way, and that, that's a good thing. And uh, – you know, it's just a matter of, of seeing, you know, what are, the, what are the problems or what do we need to be doing, you know? And the school is, is 
is one of the uh, one of the uh, things that unfortunately we got elected school board members, and that's you know they're dealing with that. And what we should do is all them and stuff. We should support whatever they you know they come up with as far as as long as it doesn't cost any money, <laughs> or, or it doesn't break the tax cap, right, or, yeah. or things like and, that. You know, and so we should support them. And I guess is there there's a joint committee or something. I don't know how often yeah. they meet or what you know what's coming out of that, but. Uh, you know that oh. should be. Uh, uh, With due respect to those on the committee, a lot of hot air is coming out of well, it. But uh, yeah. you know, anything well, else? I don't it, know. You know, I mean, um, a couple of uh, items in the news. There are uh, this conflict of interest thing um, yeah. that you know has embroiled. Uh, yeah. Alderman Ludwig, uh, Alderman Gamash, Alderman Shaw, yeah. voting on contracts um, in violation of the charter because they have an immediate family member that's part of that bargaining group. And the charter is pretty clear, Paul. It says an elected official automatically has a personal and financial interest um, in immediate family members. It defines immediate family members and it prohibits the elected official from participating in matters in which they have a personal or financial interest. Um, If you're elected Alderman, yes, sir. Are you going to a avoid conflicts of interest like Alderman Sapienza did when he didn't vote on the waterworks contract because it involved his son? And b Will you do what Alderman Roy did when he drew those conflict of interests out and said, "Look, you're violating the charter." Can the people of Manchester count on Paul Martineau to be an honest voice and an honest broker on matters involving conflicts of interest with other aldermen? Yeah, of course. If it, you know, as a matter of fact, you brought my wife teaches, so you know I would recuse myself from any you know negotiations as far as the you know salaries or any of that. You now, know? how do you answer people who say, "Well, if you do that, then you're not representing Ward Two um, on these important matters facing the city"? Are you not representing Ward Two, or are you representing Ward Two within the confines allowed by the law? Well, you know, I mean, I'm representing. Ward 2 to the best of my ability. And in this particular case, it, it's just a matter that, you know, you have to recuse yourself according to the charter. I was uh, elected to the first Charter Revision Commission back in 1982, okay, and it hadn't been looked over. And I thought we did a good job. And uh, then when the, uh, the other Charter Revision Commission that came in that, that gave us two aldermen at large and two school board members at large, I think that was wrong. Uh, we used to have 14 aldermen. In 1974, we got rid of two aldermen, so we had 12 aldermen. You don't need at-large aldermen, in my opinion, uh, you know, and uh, that's the way I see it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they passed that, and that's in accordance with the charter. So be it. So. And the question of benefits. Uh, by the way, should anything should there be any sanction against the aldermen who have violated the charter to vote on contract member uh, contracts that include their f- immediate family members? Well, you know, it's it's according to the charter. If there's no teeth to it, I mean, you know, they said you know you can't do that, but then what's the consequences? Right. And there aren't any. So you know, if uh, if it needs to be clarified and it's going to be that way, they also need to put some kind of stipulation as a penalty if you know that is done. In other words, either he would be removed or uh, you know he would have pay consequences. There's no consequences. Gotcha. Should there be? Um. Well, yeah. If you if you're going to keep that uh, that in the, the charter, as far as being able to, you know, find a way to give it some teeth, then yeah, you should. Right. You know, should be a consequence. Um, uh, benefits for elected officials. As I'm talking to you here, or people posting about uh, elected officials, aldermen, and school board in Manchester. 
uh, getting to uh, buy into the city's uh, health insurance plan should elected officials be able to receive uh, taxpayer-provided health insurance benefits? Well, that's probably should be a question on uh, you know that should put to the voters. Well, I would think know? we know what the voters would say on that. Well, one. okay. Well, I mean, let's get it on a ballot and let's uh, you know let people give their feelings, and then that way you know it, it'll be uh, if they vote against it, then you know, so be it. Gotcha. What are some of the particular issues in Ward 2 as a neighborhood that you see that um, you're concerned about or people have uh, brought their concerns to you over? Nobody's actually contacted me so far. I mean, I'm just running here. But, you know, I think uh, Ward 2 is, uh, you know, is uh, is in good shape, so to speak. And uh, um, I I did talk to Alderman Ludwig uh, when I first, you know, to find out if he's going to run or not. And he told me, he says, you know, you don't get too many calls in this ward. So, you know, it seems to me as though, you know, people, you know, are, they know the approach to take. If, if, there's, if there's a problem, they know to contact their alderman or, you know, and, uh, to get certain things fixed. And that's what I'm going to be there for. I mean, you know, if you call me and you have a problem, I'm going to go out and I'm going to work for you, you know, and, and that's, that's part of the job being an alderman. You know, my dad was an alderman for 20 years, and I tell people he was the first alderman at large. He worked for Silver Brothers, and he, he sold, uh, you know, tonic and beverages and stuff, and he was all over the city. And so somebody would come into a store and tell the man, the store manager, hey, listen, I need a sidewalk or I need a light. And they'd say, well, call Martino, you know, because <laughs> he was getting calls from all over the town because <laughs> they would refer, you know, refer him to my dad. So ironically, I, I keep saying he was the first alderman at large. <laughs> <laughs> now, he was uh, West Side alderman? Yes, he was Ward 12. Ward 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. my home ward. Yeah, he grew up in Ward 12, and he and uh, he passed away in Ward 12. Yeah, so. my, my home ward. Yeah. All right. So, Paul, um, yours is the most crowded race, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, and I live in Ward 2, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a potential constituent. Okay. Uh, and, and I it, it seems that at least four of the five candidates have um, – really made a game effort to get out there, yourself included. The yeah. place is just wallpapered with signs. Yeah. Uh, what distinguishes you and your opinion from the other folks that are running um, in the ward? Why should people go to the polls on Tuesday, a week from tomorrow, and choose Paul Martineau uh, as a candidate for the general election? Well, I mean, the thing is, you know, I'm running on my record. Uh, you know, people, I've been on the ballot now for the last eight elections, and uh, they can take a look at my record, and if they feel as though, uh, you know, I've been running my department efficiently and effectively, uh, you know, I ask for their support. And I continue to do that, you know, whatever way I get involved or whatever committees I get on, you can be sure that I'll be at the committee meetings and I'll be working there for, uh, you know, the betterment of my ward and the city. Is there any, any, any particular committees that you'd like to serve on? Not really. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm open. And uh, whatever committee, uh, so if I were to get a, uh, elected, I get on, I'll be a hard worker and I'll make sure that, you know, we try to do the best for the taxpayers. Now, Paul, how do people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about your campaign uh, for Alderman in Manchester Ward 2? Which, for those of you who don't know where that is, it's generally bordered on the west by Union Street to the north by Webster Street to the south by Bridge Street, yeah. all the way up to the uh, Hooks at uh, yeah. Route 28, 28, all the way up to the Hooks at Border, yeah. Wellington Hill yeah. uh, area in there. Well, you know, I, my, my cell phone is 493-1652. And if they want to email me, it's pmartino65 at yahoo.com. 
And 6'5 isn't my age. That's my football number when I played for Wake Forest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I meant to mention that, you know. So he walks into the studio this morning, says, hey, Wake Forest took out Boston College last night. Not exactly those languages. Of course, I'm a BC grad, and he used to play for Wake Forest. Uh, What what what, what, what position did you play, Paul? I was a guard and linebacker. I could see you being a linebacker. You know what? And back then, you know, it's uh, at 6'2", 230, I was considered a big guard and linebacker. Today, man, I would... <laughs> I wouldn't be considered big at all. <laughs> well, maybe back in the day. Of course, you know, I think I, I think uh, in many ways players of years gone by were more skilled than the modern day yeah. players. But well, we had to play both ways. Yeah. You know, in those days, you didn't just play offense or defense. You had to play both ways, yeah. and uh, it was interesting. It was uh, it was an education. Could you have gone pro? Uh, I did have a tryout, but uh, I, I didn't make it. I was I had been in the army for four years, and when I got uh, out, you know, it's uh, so you went from co- you went from playing uh, ball in college, graduated Wake Forest, yeah. Then, then you I went was, into the army, and then you came back. Yeah, I was on uh, ROTC, and uh, I was in the army for four years. Oh, so. Ah, so where'd you try out? Uh, the Falcons, but because uh, my friend Lou Kerouac was uh, playing for the Falcons at the time. Lou Kerouac. So, yeah. A name I remember. Uh, so, All right. At least the Kerouac name. Yeah. Paul Martineau, candidate for Alderman in Manchester Ward 2. Thanks for spending a couple segments with us this morning on the Toronto Large Radio Show. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a break for here. traffic, weather, and sports. We'll be back with the news. Stay with us.